0: Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything
0: that seems real. And just trust. Believe. When I was younger, I remember going to my mom's bed to take a nap. For context, I rarely remember my dreams, so it kind of freaks me out whenever I do remember. I fell asleep and I remember waking up, sitting straight up, absolutely scared, and telling my mom, She's dead. I dreamt of an older lady face down, sprawled out, with a blue dress on. I saw wooden floors, and she was lying near a bathroom but I couldn't tell who she was. My mom calmed me down and assured me that it was a nightmare. I kept telling her mom, I don't feel good. I'm terrified of the lady. She assured me that everything was fine and to mellow out so I could sleep later that night. Let's jump to 11 p.m. that night. My mom's phone got a long-distance call from Mexico and my aunt sobbed uncontrollably because she arrived at home to find my grandmother dead. She was found lying in the bathroom, dead of an apparent heart attack, face down. I had never met my grandma as she stayed in Mexico, so do you guys think that's why I couldn't recognize who she was? Well, the second time something like this happened, it was during quarantine. My friend had just moved back to his hometown in Texas because he was diagnosed with cancer. I would video call him, text him, and send him care packages. He had been undergoing surgeries and radiation for a bit, and he seemed happy because he felt like he was getting better. One night, I dreamt of him, smiling, sitting on a hospital bed and waving at me. I woke up freaked out, and I ran to text him, letting him know that I saw him happy in a dream, and that it may be a sign that he's going to get better. To be honest, I knew that it was probably not a good sign. He didn't text back. Some days later, I asked his brother how he was doing, and he mentioned him still going through radiation sessions and being the same old, same old. Sadly, exactly one month later from the dream, I know this because of the text that I sent him that night, his family posted on Facebook that he had passed away in the hospital in his sleep. I remember sobbing. I felt almost to blame for his death. My husband thinks that he was saying goodbye to me that night. Does anyone else have any similar experiences with their dreams? It frightens me, mostly because I feel like they indicate some form of time jumping, or seeing the future, or just show that time isn't linear. It was also scary to know my grandma was dying, and that my brain couldn't put a face to her, like it did with my friend, but that I still knew that she was dead. Even being in another country, how does that work? If anyone has any similar stories, I'd love to hear them.
1: My old house was always eerie. I recall being very excited at a young age, around six years old, because a vicar was coming to speak with my mother. She had struggled with severe mental health issues her entire life, and at the time was seeking solace in religion. Unfortunately, his visit occurred after my bedtime. I laid in bed, hoping to be invited downstairs. I was the kind of kid who always wanted to meet new people. After a while, I heard someone walking up the creaky stairs of our old house, heading towards my bedroom. My bedroom door opened on its own, and I could hear the floorboards creaking as if someone was walking across the room. However, there was no one there. I had a nightlight so I could see clearly. This sort of occurrence, including the sensation of being watched, was common, but I wasn't frightened by it then. The experiences remained relatively uneventful until 1995 on a night I vividly remember. At 15 years old and home alone, my parents had long since divorced. I was packing up my bedroom in preparation for moving. Though I should have been packing, I was actually watching wrestling. Around midnight, I went to bed and started reading a magazine. Suddenly, I was overwhelmed with intense fear and nausea. My dog and cat, both in the room with me, became agitated. My dog barked wildly at the entire room and even the wet floor. My cat pressed her face into the curtains on the windowsill, letting out pitiful cries. It dawned on me that I was being watched from a corner of the room. My dog seemed to confirm this as she barked and retreated from that specific spot. The fear was so paralyzing that I couldn't even lift my head. However, I finally mustered the courage to flee, feeling this malevolent presence right behind me. Reaching the living room, I called my father, urging him to come quickly. Overwhelmed with terror and feeling the unbearable sensation of being watched, I managed to unlock the front door and run out, only to collapse in the middle of the road. The feeling of being watched persisted, and I sensed something standing in our doorway, but what it looked like I couldn't tell. My distressed dog remained halfway up the stairs, crying in fear. Fortunately, when my dad arrived, he managed to rescue her. I never set foot in that house again. The next day, my dad shared his own eerie experiences from the house. He used to constantly remind me to hold the banister while going down the stairs. The reason? He often felt something grabbing and tripping him. He mentioned the upper part of the house was particularly unsettling, but had kept these stories from me to avoid scaring me. Years after leaving the house, around 1996, I started having a recurring dream. It began with a sunny day as I returned home from school. Upon entering the living room, everything seemed fine. But as I moved towards the back of the house and into the kitchen, the weather dramatically changed. It became dark and stormy. In the dream I'd step into the garden, battered by wind and rain, and realize I was crying uncontrollably. I'd then get this familiar feeling of being watched from my old bedroom window. Eventually, I'd gather the courage to turn and confront this entity, only to wake up. About fifteen years ago, after having this dream multiple times a month, the dream returned. This time, I faced the entity, recognizing it as the same presence that had driven me from the house all those years ago. Upon waking, the details of its face slipped from my memory, and I've never had the dream since. Thankfully, I've never experienced anything similar again, and hope I never will.
0: I was a senior in college, and there was a girl two years below me. She always went by Carol, but I'm pretty positive that was just a nickname. I never had a class with her. We had different majors and a different year, but I saw her around the gym, the cafeteria, and things like that. The first time I ever chatted with Carol, I found myself telling her very personal and intimate details about my life, but I couldn't stop myself from doing this. Some of it was just personal drama between me and my friends, but I also told her some things that I had never told anyone before. Deeply held secrets. It wasn't until after the conversation ended that I had realized everything I told her, and I left with very little memory of what she said to me. The next time I interacted with her, I was on my way to an exam that was just minutes from starting I didn't want to be late or else I'd fail automatically. I passed her on the sidewalk and she stopped me. Now in a situation like this, I wouldn't have even stopped for a close friend. I would have said, sorry, I can't talk right now. I have an exam to get to and kept walking. But for some reason, my legs would not move when Carol started talking with me. Like any other conversation with her, I don't remember much. Halfway through though, I completely forgot about my exam. When she left, I stood there for a few minutes just thinking, what am I doing? The third interaction I had with her is the one I remember the most. She walked up to me in the gym and asked me for $20. I didn't question it at all. I proceeded to hand her the cash right out of my phone case. It took me a full day to realize something was off. I almost never give money to anybody, even my friends. She asked me for money on one other occasion, but thankfully, I didn't have any to give her, so she walked away. I spent the rest of my senior year avoiding her. I don't know what it was about her, but she had that really weird effect on me and I don't know how to explain it other than she hypnotized me somehow. Maybe I'm just very susceptible to that kind of thing and she targeted me because of this. Has anyone had any experiences like this?
1: When I was younger, I was very in tune with my ability to see beyond the living. For instance, I once saw my mother's aunt, who I believed I'd met only once. She stood on the front porch of my grandparents' new house, leaning against a support column, watching me play in the front yard. She had a warm, radiant smile. I distinctly remember her wearing a white t-shirt tucked into her high-waisted pants and white shoes. The most striking detail was her golden cross necklace. She waved at me, and I waved back. A few weeks ago, My mom was browsing through family photo albums and showed me a photo of my great-aunt. I mentioned that I remembered meeting her when I was around 7 years old. My mom was astonished because, as it turned out, her aunt had passed away in May of 1996, two months before I was born. Another memory that will forever haunt me occurred when I was around 4 or 5 years old, though the details are somewhat fuzzy. I was born with a medical condition that meant my bladder was smaller than those of other kids my age, leading to bedwetting issues. One evening, my dad instructed me to put on my nighttime pull-up and get ready for sleep. As I entered my dark room, an overwhelming sense of dread washed over me. Approaching my dresser to get my pull-up, I heard a faint whisper. The best way I can describe the voice is that it sounded like the starfish in the Aquamarine movie with Sarah Paxton. This voice whispered cruel and hurtful things, terrifying me to the point where I ran out crying. Although I tried explaining to my dad, he dismissed it as my imagination. But when I returned back to my room and peeked into my closet, I saw a pair of green-yellow eyes staring back. Frantically, I summoned my dad, trying to show him. But as I pointed them out, the eyes mockingly echoed my words in that whispering tone. My dad again insisted it was my imagination. That night, I slept with my parents. The eyes returned the next evening. My dad tried to reassure me that they were gone because he'd flushed them down the toilet, but I could still see them. Over time, I learned to ignore them, since they seemed to thrive on my fear, and eventually, they disappeared. Many peculiar events took place in that house, but that experience stands out the most to me.
0: When I was 18 in 2005, my mom was giving me a ride to work. My car had been impounded for something stupid, and I had to wait for 30 days to get it back. In the meantime, my mom was giving me rides to work. On Saturdays, I worked the morning shift, so I had to be at work by 5 a.m. That meant we had to leave the house no later than 4:30. It was still dark outside, pitch black and very cold. That morning, As my mom drove me to work, from a distance I could see a figure getting ready to cross the road, basically jaywalking in front of us. As I got closer, I could see that it was a young girl. I thought to myself, ah man, caught her doing a walk of shame. She had no shoes, and a long white shirt, as if she were wearing a man's white t-shirt. It was big on her, and it looked like she had no pants on, but you could barely see She had these short jean shorts on under her large shirt. They were the kind that used to be pants, but she had them cut off to make them shorts. She wasn't wearing any shoes. My mom started talking in Spanish, saying things like, what kind of girl walks around the streets at an hour like this, dressed like that? Well, she was now walking in the middle of the street, very slow, to the point where my mom had to stop about 10 feet away from her because she was still in the street blocking us. When my mom stopped, the girl came to a complete stop herself but wasn't facing us. She was facing in the direction she was crossing from left to right. As we were now close, I could see her skin. It was this real bluish gray and her hair was black. It looked wet and tangled like she had just gotten out of the shower. My mom was about to honk at her when she slowly turned her head to look right at us. Her hair was covering her face She looked like the girl from The Ring. The part that I'll never forget was when she moved her hair out of the way. She had no face. There was nothing. It was just smooth. No eyes, no mouth, no nose. My mom started to have a panic attack. I felt my heart drop. I was now focused on calming my mom down. The girl looked at us for about two to three seconds, then took off running. She didn't move at irregular speeds, but she was now active. I had never seen anything like that in my life. To this day, my mom and I cannot explain what that was. I guess I was sharing my story with the hopes that maybe somebody else has seen something similar. Something with no face.
1: I can't explain this, and I really regret not having a dash cam in my car, as I wonder if I could have picked something up on camera, but sadly, all I can do now is recount it. This happened today at around 7.45 in the evening, just as the sun was going down, but it was still light. I live in England, East Midlands specifically, and I'm still a bit shaky. I don't know how I can explain this. I was driving towards the A42 on the back roads and country lanes. As I'm driving along with my headlights on, I come up to an area with trees to my left and right, and I see a human-shaped solid black figure in the shape of a man just dart across the road from one group of trees to the other. I first wondered if it could have been a bird, but I knew I saw feet touching the surface of the road. I panicked and slammed my foot on the brakes. But here's the thing. It was pure black. It didn't look 3D like a person. There was no texture, no differences in skin or clothing. It was all black like a silhouette. And it moved too fast to be a person. It just darted across the road and I don't even know how it disappeared into the trees without disturbing the greenery, but it just vanished. It shook me up, but I turned on my hazards and just slowly drove on until I felt safe enough to speed up and go. I didn't feel right until I got to the M5 in Birmingham. It felt like someone was watching me the whole time, and I had this horrible deja vu feeling in the back of my head. It's settled down now, and I feel safe, but holy hell, I remember every detail, right down to looking at the feet. I told the story to the lady at the reception, and just said to her, I wonder if anyone died there, and she goes, Don't, I've got the shivers. Well, as I was looking online, I found an article about a 50-year-old man dying on the A42 last year in the same area I was driving around. I'm just so freaked out. It's strange how I saw this solid, black human-shaped thing run across the road, a year from the accident. The poor man died at the scene. It wouldn't surprise me if his spirit was wandering around the roads and countryside, trying to understand what happened. They say violent, fast deaths can make ghosts of people.
0: So I'm going to start by saying I'm basically a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal, although I love hearing stories and listening to other points of view when it comes to that kind of stuff. This is why I have such a hard time understanding what happened to me last September. My dad, grandma, grandpa, and I were attending my cousin's wedding in a small rural town just outside of South Haven, Michigan. This was late last summer. We rented a small house in town in a very wooded area just off of a small lake. Something felt extremely off as soon as I got out of the car at our rental property. That's the best way that I can describe it. Something felt off, and I was immediately uneasy. But being the skeptic that I am, I shrugged it off and chalked it up to being tired and anxious. The night that we arrived, my dad and I were having a smoke outside and noticed how weird everything sounded. It was about 11 p.m., and there was nobody else around. The trees were crackling incredibly loudly, and we were hearing strange animal noises, but nothing too out of the ordinary, just the type of animal noises that you would hear in rural Michigan. But they just sounded particularly strange to us for some reason. We said our goodnights and went to bed. The next morning, my dad told me that he went outside for a smoke at around two that morning. What he heard sounded to him like somebody close by banging on a metal siding. He said it sounded like it was just next door, but didn't hear anything leading up to or preceding the loud banging, like footsteps or anything like that. We shrugged and laughed it off. The second night, I heard something that I still can't stop thinking about all these months later. It was about 11 p.m., midnight, and I was having my last smoke of the night. My grandparents were already asleep and my dad had just gotten into bed, but he was still awake watching TV. I was sitting on the stairs outside, with my back to the house, looking straight out into the backyard. I heard somebody shout my name in a very abrupt manner, loud and fast. It sounded like they were shouting toward me, from the front of the house, like they were standing on the front porch, shouting for me, knowing that I was at the back of the house. It sounded just like my dad but it couldn't have been him because I didn't hear the front door open or close or anything like that. Being a skeptic, I reminded myself to stay calm and I quickly walked to the back of the house. My dad was sound asleep. There was no way that by the time I got to him, he could have gotten back to bed and fallen asleep. I woke him up and asked if he was outside, yelling my name. He looked confused and said, of course not. I started to get really freaked out at this point. I tried to go to bed, but I couldn't get that scream out of my head. I was up all night trying to figure out what happened. I contemplated leaving, getting a hotel room somewhere else close by, and returning in the morning. Miraculously, I must have fallen asleep sometime at around 3am. We woke up the next morning, and I was so ready to get out of that town. As soon as we left, the uneasy feeling I had the entire weekend disappeared. When I returned to work the next day, I told my coworker about the weird experience. Her face immediately dropped. She proceeded to inform me that this was quite common in the Appalachian area, regarding cryptids and other types of creatures. Apparently, they try to get your attention by mimicking somebody close to you, and when you look at them, they kidnap you or something along those lines. But I was in Michigan. I tried to look up information about the town I was in, but I didn't find anything remotely interesting. Has anyone else had a similar experience?
1: I've been up since 5am, and I just can't get this off my mind. So last night, I had a nightmare that I was in an apartment, looking into a kitchen area, and the drawers, cabinets, and pantry door were all opening, closing, and moving by themselves, almost like poltergeist activity. I was scared, so in the dream, I began praying, and then my wife, who was in bed next to me, kicked my foot and woke me up, because I was clearly distressed and mumbling a lot in my sleep. Here's where things get weird. I jump awake, because my wife kicked my foot, and feeling relieved to not be having a nightmare anymore, I turn my head towards my wife, who was lying behind me, and say, Thank you, babe. I'm really sorry about that. I was having a nightmare. But I don't hear any response, so I figure that she's already fallen back to sleep, or might just be so tired that she's still kind of out of it. Then, I turned my head back to face forward, the direction I was facing the whole time I was sleeping, and I noticed something in the corner of the room, standing in front of the door. The room was dark, but its skin still appeared to be a dark, matte-gray color. It was really skinny, had thin legs, and long, thin arms, a small, almost childlike torso a narrow neck, and then a huge, bulbous head with large, black, almond-shaped eyes. It looked exactly like a traditional gray alien, but it was slightly transparent. Needless to say, I was shocked, and to be honest, my very first reaction was that I was seeing things because I had just woken up. So, I rubbed my eyes and... It's still right there. Trying not to panic, and trying to come up with a rational explanation for it, I thought, this must just be dream chemicals still working in my brain. Then I sit up slightly, and look into the other corner of our bedroom, by the closet, expecting to see something there too, but there's nothing. Then I looked at the ceiling, nothing. The floor, nothing. The other wall, nothing. I look back at the corner by the bedroom door, and it's still right there. Standing there, completely still, just staring at me with its huge, jet-black eyes. And it's still slightly transparent, but I'm seeing it clearly. And only in that one spot, too not anywhere else in the room. Because the Texas power grid sucks, I always sleep with a flashlight next to the bed. And after seeing this thing for about a minute and a half, it occurred to me to grab the flashlight. I lean off the bed, reach down and grab the flashlight, and shine it in the corner of the room at this being. And because it's transparent, it became much less visible when I shined the light on it. I could still see it, very slightly, just a lot less than before. Again, in disbelief at what I was seeing, I began slowly scanning the whole room with the flashlight. From the bed, of course. I wasn't going to try getting out of bed. I was way too scared. And again, I see absolutely nothing strange anywhere in the room at all, except for this thing I can see in the one corner by the bedroom door. I turn the flashlight off, and instantly, I can see it super clearly again, just staring at me. I rub my eyes and squeeze them together tightly, hoping that when I open them, it'd be gone. But it wasn't. So I finally began truly freaking out internally, and I just began praying out loud. After about 20 seconds of praying, I watched this thing literally just fade out of existence and dematerialize right in front of me. It was standing there, dead still and staring at me the whole time. It suddenly became increasingly transparent until it was just not there anymore. I've been awake since then. I spent the rest of the night reading random stuff on Reddit because the experience shook me up quite a bit. Has anybody else experienced something like this? I feel so genuinely weirded out that I just don't know what to make of it.
0: We talk constantly about how I've had a bad year. I, I thought everything was bright and shiny in the last few days. Last week, I thought things were getting better. And then I got hit with a gnarly cold. Like a, You could hear it in my voice, like the gnarliest mm-hmm. cold. And then you, we go to press record, and what happens? I lose my voice. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is very fun. You sound like Stephen Hawking's like uh, computer thing.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: he's not exactly (laughs) like that. You know, that's funny how we like associate that with him. And that's just like what we think of his voice as, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like he's a person. I'm sure he knew knew that and went along with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Rest in peace, bud. Yeah, this is weird. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Just like, all right, let's press record right now. (laughs) I begin to talk and this is what I'm left with.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get through this. Um, So the... Author of our mind control story this week, they wanted to make a few notes of clarification at the end. They stated the following about their story. Mm -hmm. First thing, they were not into Carol. The author said, I was not into Carol. Even before that first conversation with her, I felt like something was off about her. And I was not attracted to her in any way because of that feeling. And because I already had eyes on somebody else at the time. So... This kind of squashed my first thought about the author just possibly being infatuated with Carol. Yeah, that's what I thought. But even if that were true, I couldn't see a crush having that kind of power over someone, even if the person were desperate. And I'm definitely not picking that up from the author's story. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Uh, The next thing they said is, I'm sure a lot of people think she hypnotized me somehow. I'd like to believe my mind isn't weak enough to fall for that kind of thing but I don't know what else it could be. However, I get mixed reactions about whether it's possible to manipulate someone like that with hypnosis under the current scientific understanding of it. Mm. I've always been curious myself. This is me speaking about hypnosis. Um, I've never actually talked to somebody that's been hypnotized. I always just assumed that it was a setup, like a plant in the audience that's in on the bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm always skeptical about the public displays of hypnosis for sure. And I do know for like actual hypnosis. Yeah. As I'm sure everybody else really knows is you have to be open and susceptible. But I think that in and of itself just kind of makes it a little, little iffy for I think it'd be good for like in some form of like regression therapy, if it even works that way. I'm not fully familiar with it. Right. But I could see it having a place in a genuine therapy session.
0: Yeah, actually, I recently was talking with my therapist about a lot of the new science involving neuroplastic pain and chronic pain in cases where there's nothing structurally wrong with you. This is a condition that I have. Um, And she recommended trying hypnosis therapy because they're seeing a lot of great progress in the field of pain therapy this way. I can't say I'd ever go for it personally. I don't like the idea of being influenced subconsciously by anybody else but myself. It's
1: just too scary yeah I wouldn't be down for it either I think it would turn out like the scene in Donnie Darko
0: (laughs) I knew you were gonna bring that up
1: yeah yeah I love that so much uh it's so sad at first but then it's so funny (laughs) I need to rewatch that yeah same it's been a few years actually but it's a really good one it was one of
0: the first movies I watched that made me it was like my first thinking movie as a teen you know what I mean yeah yeah
1: mine was pie I think I've never, oh yeah, I've never seen Pie. The black and white one. Yeah, that one was really good. I have to check that out.
0: So I really loved the story about the gray alien.
1: Yeah, same, same. That was a fun one. Maybe not for the author, but you get my point. Yeah. It shared some similarities to shadow people experiences, the whole waking up and seeing a dark figure in your room thing. But this person was up and awake for a pretty long time and Compared to much more common descriptions of shadow people, this one had some pretty distinctive alien features.
0: I think that aliens are the answer for sure. Man, we're recording this a lot
1: earlier than we normally do. Well, it turns out my mommy is visiting tomorrow, a lot sooner than expected. Oh, okay. Very nice. So what are you guys going to do? We're going to go hike to the lake right before sunrise and start swing dancing, (laughs) kickstart our morning, and then we just talk and giggle and do nothing, but we're happy with that. (laughs) I really am
0: curious though, like what you guys genuinely, what you guys are going to do. That's
1: basically about it. You are just going to go like to the lake. We're going to go on a little hike and uh, hang out around the house and chit chat and just take it easy, play with the pets and yeah, you know, just maybe go out to dinner Mm -hmm. actually there's a native american group that's going to be in salt lake city we're going to check them out on saturday the same night that i'm going to be i'll be going to the aew ringside Wrestling. It's going to be a, a tight squeeze in the schedule, but it'll be fun.
0: Nice, yeah. Uh, my, my parents never visit for too long because they're just an hour away, so I never have them stay over. I don't like having anybody stay over, but you know sometimes you have to make an exception for people. Yeah, like, like Brandon. Um. Um, no, I love it when you're here, but uh, yeah, they usually just come over for dinner or something. But my mom's really unique. She, uh, when she comes over, I just like I'll set a, like a jigsaw puzzle down in front of her, and she'll just go to work. And, like, me and my dad will sit and talk while she works a puzzle. That's the whole evening. That's nice. I should
1: get some puzzles. I think that'll be good.
0: Yeah, you guys should work a puzzle together. We'll just sit there at the table and work a puzzle
1: all night. And, you know, my wife will just go to bed. (laughs) Nice. I like playing the the Jackbox party games a lot when people come over. Yeah, the rare occasion.
0: Well, thanks everybody so much for listening. We apologize for our sickness and our uh, <laughs> lack of
1: voice this week. That was pretty rough. Yeah, one of these stories might actually have me sounding like this, so I can't squeeze my third one in, but we'll see. <laughs> <To be laughs> determined. determined. <Yeah. laughs> we'll
0: see what happens. Anyways, thanks everyone for listening. This week you have heard Premonitions by Split09, My Experiences from Years Ago by DTG1980, Is Mind Control Real by Rod and Todd, I Used to See Things by Lonely Teaching 1913, The Woman with No Face by Professional Date 824, A Shadow on the Road by Pepper Peacock, The Woods in Rural Michigan by Holly Hot Dogs, and Grey Alien in My Room by Peppy Spray Pete. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Make sure you send your stories to stories at oddtrails.com. And don't forget to sign up for our Patreon if you'd like to get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bitrate for the best listening experience. Finally, Make sure you check out the new episodes of my other podcasts, like Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, and the Old Time Radio Cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Everyone stay safe. Peace out. <laughs>
1: and the ghouls disturb you, darling.